Welcome back to Mishpachas Take Two, where we try to sit with some of those people who are changing the world, each one in their way, and share their stories. Some more than others. If you're going to call your organization Bone Olam, Builders of the World, it could be very presumptuous, or it could be right on. It's a schus with somebody who is building the world, Thank you for coming, and not an easy man to pin down, a busy man, and I appreciate you making the time. Thank you, thank you. You just came back from... Gates at England. Gates at England. Why were you in Gateshead? We just opened up a new branch. It was a beautiful summer. What, what does that mean? There's still this places that, that we don't have, have in the UK. Branches. We have four branches. We have one in Stamford Hill, one in Golders Green, one in Manchester. And yesterday we celebrated the first get together, the first dinner they made for Gateshead. Gateshead has, has its own group of Asconim, own council group. I think everybody watching this is familiar more or less with what Bone Alum does. But what does that mean, a new branch, a new branch of what? A new branch of people giving referrals, advocacy, advice. Yeah, so Why can't somebody in Gates just call the Manchester branches to f- explain Because first thing. of all, it's not the same medical people available from, one, from Manchester to Gates. Not everybody's going to travel What does that mean, a, a new branch? The branch means that everybody gets, the Asconim in the neighborhood, get to know all the medicine and medical help they can get in their vicinity, in their neighborhood. Well, it's not shy to send everybody a few hours here or a few hours there. So first of all, they have to know, the, they have to understand the fertility and everything that comes along with it, well, well enough, being trained. And then they have to get to learn all the medicine that's available for them. If it comes to a point which is very complicated, they have to move on. So they're all hooked up to the main office in, the, in London branch, which they control medicine all over, and they work hand in hand. So when they need something more than that, they have people advising them and explaining them and where we can get the help for them if locally it's not available. What is Bonnell do? Okay. Bonnell started off trying to help finance people that have to pay for fertility treatment. This was the original goal. And it's all started because... Just to give funding. Funding. Because it's all started because we saw when we went through this that money really made a major role for many people. Many people failed because they couldn't afford. So this was the idea to help finance. But it's very hard to finance treatments when the people who finance it don't I'm understand. sorry, you just said something. You just were mavuya something there. People didn't have children because of money? Absolutely. Absolutely. I myself had to that? stop many times my treatments because I couldn't pay and I couldn't get the blood work results even. That's how it used to work those days. And how is that possible? It wasn't well, sh- how was is no it possible in the film community people didn't have children because of money? There's money for everything. How, how is that possible? How it's possible, people I don't know what the answer is. People were ashamed to ask for help? Maybe. Maybe. There was nobody really wanted to put them... This is one of the hardest mitzvahs to get involved in because, first of all, it's a huge, huge achrayis to raise so much money, right? Second of all, is you have to understand medicine well enough to understand how you're spending your money, right? And the third thing is, like you said before, people were embarrassed to talk about this in public, even embarrassed to go ask one-on-one, can you help me? Can so I remember my early years that when I had to go around asking Rabban and Shailud, I couldn't find anybody. And if I found somebody, he told me, call me back, he never called me back. So when I, when Boyd Adam started, I made myself a commitment that my cell phone will be open 24 hours a day, 365 days a year. I even sleep under my pillow with the phone. Because there were many times that I so desperately needed someone to talk to, there was nobody available. And also in those days, very few people understood the terminology, what actually is being done over there. So from like the, the medal says, whatever we went through, this is how the organization started. By the time that we were ready to start, otherwise, by the time when they told us we cannot do anymore. So I basically took all my connections, all the world. Now, you're, you're jumping over a story, which is really a book, 
but with things that we've discussed, that right. that it was a tremendous difficulty for you, as as we've discussed. Yes. And your wife yes. had the spirit and the the strength no, somehow. I the, the famous words of my wife's and the courage to say. She said that time, she we were, we were driving home in the car after that last visit, and she told me, "Shlomi, you see, the Rebbeinu Shlem told us no, but we're going to answer with a resounding yes." I looked at her like, "What are you talking about?" She says, "We're going to be there for other people. We're going to build Klaliso." And my wife is not really that type of person to come out there, but so I was quiet. I just told her a few minutes later, I said, "Honey, are you? This is the this is the plan because I I'm not looking to spend my life to going around all over. The, this is the plan, and if you don't want to join me, we'll do it ourselves." She got together four or five friends, and they they launched by Na'ilam. I joined them a little bit later by the way she persuaded me, and we got into it. And but it was about funding people who needed. That's how it really started. Now, what changed, why would someone come to you if people are ashamed and they're ashamed of you so, as well? So this comes along with a little bit of I, the Messias Nefesh on our part was that we stood out as the first people and spoke about it in public. This, was, I think, was the first chesed that we gave for Klali. So I spoke for many people. We started putting together media awareness. Who invited you to speak? Who, where did you set up these speeches? So. It's interesting, from the four people that joined my wife to form this organization, everyone had a history on their own. Everybody had their own connections. So the first thing they did was, they said, let's make a public gathering and we'll see how people will respond. So they took a house in Borough Park and said, we, they did very little advertisement. It's going to be the first inaugural party for an organization called Bayna Island, which is going to deal with infertility in Klaliso. They had no clue where this is going to go. You knew that you were shooting high with the name, but oh, that, that's a big name. Honestly, I wasn't the one that came up with the name as the ladies. Their credit, even the logo is their credit. I came in already more or less when a lot of these things were settled. Yes, they were a very devoted group. And, and the truth is, if you look back in history, Noshim Tzutkoni is really uh, uh, the builders. They will take on things that men would think 10 times before. Should I? Shouldn't I? They just moved ahead. And I gave them a lot of credit for that. So when they made that first party, she called, my wife called me at 9, 10 o'clock at night. She says, Shlomi, you're not going to believe there's a line around the block. People came, mamish like on their own. When she came home, it was around 2.30 in the morning, she told me, Shlomi, the Rebbein Shlem agrees that there, gotta be an, there has to be an organization. Their response was so, and they hardly advertised, but it went around so fast. And from there, actually, it took off. So one of the main chasodim the Rebbein Shlem did with Bayna Oynum was, not so much the money as I thought this was going to be the most important. I was always surrounded with people that had a very, very high base of knowledge in this field. This actually pushed us up, really up. We're the first ones that actually introduced genetics in such a big right, form. Right, so when we met uh, for the magazine two years ago, you were, right. you were telling me that you feel that people don't really understand what Bon Allen does. Right. It's, they have the superficial understanding that they help with fertility, they don't really get it. If I would ask you, in, 120 seconds in deference to my own ADHD, or less. Tell me what does Bani Alam do? What is the thing that people don't know about it? It's, it's, let's put it, it's, Bani Alam is involved even before the boy and the girl get married, if there's an issue, until the baby is born. Now that can involve so many, so many steps, whether it's a genetic issue, when a boy and a girl know before they're getting married there's an issue, so somebody has to plan if they can get married. But what does that mean? Doesn't, um, what does the name do that, Daishar? Daishar checks for only recessive, that means both have to be positive. But there's something which is a dominant, one can bring over the same, they're not gonna check for that. They only tell you if you're a match. In theory, if you identify some kind of gene that's prevalent in part of the firm community or the Jewish community, could you 
weed that out of the community. This is, the, this is one of the biggest achievements that Brian Lane takes credit for. Tell this. me about it. There's something called IVF-PGD, which means actually when you do an IVF, you have the embryos on the, on the table. You can biopsy every embryo, go under the microscope. It will tell you if this embryo carries the mutation or doesn't carry the mutation. And when you only implant something which is clean of that mutation, you basically cut off a lineage of pain that has been there in generations in their DNA. From now on, this Mashiach comes, this child will always have children that have no trace anymore of this disease. Now, this is so relevant, and people who understand genetics, whether it's a fragile X, whether it's... New, there's so many... I, I don't want to stop Different naming... kinds so, of physical illnesses or emotional illnesses? No, they, or? They, they hit both. They hit both. It can be metabolic. It can be molecular. They, it, it goes... Uh, now, you're Bob of the clothing guy from Bar Park. How do you even talk this way? How do you know so much? I, I know a lot because unfortunately we went I, I say that with respect. Being a Bob of and yeah, being in the clothing business yeah, is very worthy. It's fine. I'm not being demeaning. No, no. I take it with an How are you so knowledgeable? How did you... So from, from being in this field and being smacked around a lot, this is how I learned. Somehow I... I wanted to understand when I was going through it, what are they doing? Let me have an input. What's the results? So I basically learned as, as I went along. But again, I have to say, the Bernstein was very good. I always had very, very super knowledgeable people around me. Which doctors, it's not, it's not a chiddish to us that we get a few times a call a day. Doctors call and goes, Rabbi, whatever he's talking to, where are we going from here? What would you like us to do here? We're way above many, many dissenters. We do chiddushim, we identify mutations. It's a very level, a high level, total different level of medicine that a lot of people give Just us. Walk me through the process. For. A couple gets married and they live in Gateshead. Rahman al nobody should ever have to deal with this. Right. Mm-hmm. It takes a couple of years, three, four, doesn't five. Take the, these days, doesn't take a couple of years. People know right away if they're going to be facing? Some do, and nobody waits today three, four years because there's always blood work to do, which is not major invasive to tell us. If we're you recommend it. that people should wait six months after the chasna, they should already be calling and seeing? No, a lot of it really depends if there's any medical history or there's any symptoms. That's usually Medical history of people who didn't have children right away? Yeah, if the boy carries a certain issue, the girl, maybe they didn't pay attention to it. Or issues come up when they're married already, which some, to some people might not be that important, but when you talk to people, you get the facts. And if you train, you will pick up certain points. I would like to test this, I would like to check for this. And now, let, let me jump out of the medical for a second, and I'm just curious because you're a wise man. What, what do you see as the role of, of parents in this? In this, Is that a young couple's own thing? Should the parents be involved? So, uh, do you uh, appreciate uh, when the parents call you? So I'm going I'm to go a little bit out of the box. The inbox thought is parents should never get involved. And couples don't want parents to know. And this might be the rule for most of them. But as years move on, I've seen, and actually I feel it's a very positive trend, there are some parents that have a very good relationship with the children. Some parents don't have that relationship. Those parents that are very close to the children, it's a blessing. It's really a blessing because they give them a lot of support and a lot of physic, especially if the parents are intelligent and they don't pry for issues that the couple is not comfortable to share with them, but just be there as a support on the side. It's a ma- major, major benefit. To many people, I can't say this is... A, Do parents a ever have a right to ask their children, say, you know, you're married a year, you're an after, Do you call a bonel? Is that I don't think they have a right place? Place? But, but if they don't even ask, the children feel the pressure. You know, sometimes you don't have to ask the question. You know, you, you get that sense that I'm, be, I'm, being, I'm being pushed to answer. So when the, I don't think this is a smart way to do it because then the couple will rebuff you. They're not going to like that. It's either you ask me or you don't ask me. So I sometimes will tell a mother, she says, you know, I'm, I'm mother with... So, you know, 
invite a couple for Shabbos. After Lechzen, the man is in shul, your husband is in shul, sit down with your daughter on, a, on the couch and ask Shafel, is there anything that I can do for you? Don't ask. First offer. The offer opens up the door. It's not the ball is in her court. Do I take that offer or don't take that offer? Many times, if this daughter is going through a very hard time and she trusts her mother, she will say, Mommy, I need help in this, I need help in that. But sometimes I can see the daughter tell the mother, Okay, Mommy, at can at put. From here on, let me, let me do this on my own because it becomes invasive in the privacy between a couple. It really depends, but more and more people, parents, are getting involved today than ever before. Because? I don't know why. Is it because COVID brought to that or maybe people are, need more help and some parents are intelligent enough? You know, we, it, it might be that you took away a certain stigma and it's easier to talk about. Could also be. Could also be. Could also There's be, no but great I, but shame. But I don't recommend it unless it happens really on its own. It really depends on the relationship between so in, in the old days, they went to Boney Olam, let's say, and they got some kind of course and, and, and a check. You were covering right. them. Now you're doing right. something different. What are you doing different? No, you today, it also really depends really what the case is. If it's a run-of-the-mill case, it's one. If, if it's involved research because we don't have the answer or we're dealing with an issue that means a lot more than a basic uh, ovulation induction, so to speak, uh, then it becomes more of, of, a, of a complicated question, and especially when it touches genetics. I want to move over to a point. We do a lot in high-risk pregnancy. Unfortunately, today, doctors will tell a woman they don't like the, what they see on the ultrasound. Now, they might be right, they might be wrong. I'm not getting into that part. People go, go into a tizzy when they hear that, because rightfully so. Is my baby going to be healthy? It's not going to be healthy. One of the major roles my has been doing for over 20 years was we always had people us that understood how this thing really works, the anatomy of this whole situation. We're always connected to very, very big centers, which we can ask a question, which normal centers but not give us the answer. Many, many babies were headed for the abortion, and Hashem, they were born really healthy children. This happens very, very often. Because why? What did you do? Because, no, it's basically taking the same case and shifting over to a different center where an ultrasound is done way better than the centers they were, and you come back with, with better results. I just had a couple... That means the doctors here were lying. They were just no, they were speculating. Not they were not lying. It depends how well you're trained in this field how to do an ultrasound. There's different ways to do it, and there's a lot more experience involved. I once had a, a couple come to me, first baby. He looked me up at a chasana. It was a freezing night, and he came over to me and said, he says, I have a question to ask you. I went to the doctor, and the doctor does not see kidneys in the baby. There's no kidneys. I said, tomorrow morning, I'm going to call him tomorrow morning. I got him into a different center, and I remember how the doctor called me from that center, and he showed me, he sent me a clip. He says, you see these two tiny black dots? Those are the two kidneys. Your baby has kidneys. Now, this doctor who he went to was a run-of-the-mill place, and did not pick up. But when did guy. that become Boney Olam's thing? When did that become part of your actually, purview? Right, actually, quite right after the beginning. Why? Because it became necessary. Because once you helped the couple and they became pregnant and issues came up, who did they call? They called me back again. So it was training as we went out, even though I had no knowledge in that field. But again, I had people with me that knew the stuff. I'm very particular that the people who work around me or the centers that I use are people on the right caliber. I don't send people to doctors out of a reference book, only if we met them before, we know how he works, 
Why would they meet you? Meaning today, they, I know already why they would meet you, but in 1997, so I want to tell why you, would they sit with you? I, this is another Siyata Dishmai. In my entire involvement in Klal sending people to doctors, I must say, I never had yet a doctor that refused me. Never. Doctors that I never met, they will never meet again. Somehow, when whoever I called and I asked them, and I do ask sometimes questions, which is a little bit favors out of the box a little bit, Klal does need a different level of um, help. Than Sensitivity. Uh, right. And Halucha plays a major role over here. I've never had yet somebody tell me, no, Now, what was it like fundraising for this cause early on? Again, today people understand already, and there's quite a few babies walking yeah. around the world by Hashem as so, a result. So I want to tell but early you, on... So money works like this. Rav Steinmer always used to tell me, You loved Rav Steinmer. Ah. He was, I, I miss him every day. Mama, this man was, a, besides what he was, as a Mama Shabal Ruch but he was a super, super clever man. He was a brilliant man, a very smart person. And, and whatever question I had, so he once told me the Shlema, the guys took Mazifel Gelt, Wifel Klalusul Dafob Mefendir. Hashem gives money balanced. That's what he told me. He said, Do a Mishkal. Boshem get Nishmevi Medav. This is what so I, 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 my life ran that People, way. Maybe it's a cynical thing to say. You should, you should be my me yet again. You, the ones I know on your staff, I'm quite close with Baruch Goldberger, who's, who's a superstar. He's just, you're very, every, anybody associated with you in any area, if it's marketing, if it's development, if it is, is, a, is and fantastic. And it's all yeah. um, You raise a lot of money. And, and people are cynical about it sometimes. Like, so much of the communal part has to go to Boneolum. It's one of those organizations that's always doing, they're always doing events and you're always doing things. There's always programs. We're talking about tens of thousands of people who are part of your programs. And, and pe- there's other needs in the world. Come on, right? There's all kinds of things that need to happen in Kleistral. There's meisters that need to go on and there's people. What, how do you, how? It just so happens. That by you're I'm familiar I'm... with the question though, right? You know that people say that. No, they actually did not hear that. Yeah. But it could be. Not that yeah. not everything gets yeah, always to Always Bono and always such big money. But you have to understand, the Bono umbrella covers a massive amount of services which could be broken up in many different organizations. I opened up recently, six or seven months ago, another organization called keshinetworks.org. This is a website where every boy or girl that has a medical genetic issue, they can post in anonymity, I'm a boy, Living in Lakewood, New Jersey, I'm 25 years old, I have Noonan syndrome. So this site is being viewed by thousands of people. Now, these boys and girls never trusted to go to a shatran because before you know, the news gets around and they won't even have a chance to go on a date. So we came up with this chiddush. You post an anonymous, right? And we have like six shatran working behind the scenes and we get requests for matchings. A girl gets on set, she sees that thing. Maybe this might work for me. So she calls Because up. her genetics allow her. Yes, she, whatever she knows medically, this might be a match for her. So we ask, once there's, once there's a request, we get the medical stuff from all, both of them, we review it, and the shatran starts putting these two together. So we're, it's only six, seven months in practice. We had, I think, 40, coming close to 50 dates from people that never went on a date yet. Now, Shidduchim are going to happen from this. So this is another program. We do a lot for singles, encouraging them to cry preservation. I even when I have extra funding, we give them money. It's a total organization on its own. You go, you go into genetics. We just had a major breakthrough in one genetic mutation, which was 
and nobody ever went that way to find a 100% solution for it. It's not, this, this, this not the setting to speak in details about it. It cost me a ton of money. So this is, you go to the genetics. Then you move on. Do you, have, do you have a board or you make these decisions no, on your own? No, a board, for sure. You have a board who makes yeah, every decision? I don't, do, every... I don't spend any big money before I don't bring it up to... So I have two boards, actually. I have a medical board within us, which is my most important board, because they're responsible people and they will value it. They know the medicine even better than I do. Then there's a board on top of them. Listen, this is what money we want to do this. We want to spend for do this. Do you still work outside of Bonneo? You still have a day job? Or? It's getting less and less. I, I, the last few years, I only worked like six, seven weeks a year. That's a really... I, but I made a cheshma. Man is not here forever. And if Hashem gave me... If I wouldn't be matzlich, honestly, I wouldn't be doing it. But I do see that Hashem, in medicine, I'm Hashem every day. You know, we just did yesterday. We have our old lab. It's called AIS, Advanced Andrology Solutions. What I'm telling you now is a total organization on its own. But it's all part of Bionidum. This is a, a setting where male... And Bionidum is completely donor-funded? Completely donor-funded. There's no government, there's no nothing, grants, there's nothing, no... Nothing, How come? No kickbacks, no nothing. But first, the government does not appreciate having children. But Shaykh, do they have to that? And the grants, most of the grants are in none from hands. This is a fact. And they don't value having children. Whenever I did approach them once or twice, my answer always came back. There's so many children here. We need more children for, for fostering and for adoption. Who needs more children? In, in the from community, did you find people who didn't understand the need to give money to Bonilla or never? Yes, I did, unfortunately. And, and, and no, to many of them that didn't understand, and, each, and I actually had with them a little, like, a dossier like, conversation. Some of them came back to me, then, you know, I was so silly that I even brought up the subject. My grandchild is going through something, my son is going they through They had to come to But people just got to learn that this is a, a lot more. So I just want to tell you, this week the lab was open. I'm not open every week in the year because I can't afford it yet. Seven times a year so far. We had this week a boy that's engaged, and he got ill, cancer. So the chastel time was pushed off, pushed off. Finally, he's in remission. Now, the girl really wanted to marry only when she knows that he can have children. Now, I can't bore you with the details. It's not in a public setting. We basically got that shidduch back on track. I was so happy I could be a shleich for that. This was not available before. And nobody would even get involved to that level. But to me, this was a simcha that I put back Zivik, they, they were coming in, they're going to get married. Why? Because we had our lab available. We did this week a procedure on a 14-year-old boy, which we found out he's carrying a certain genetic mutation. If we wouldn't do something for him now, at 14 years old, he would never have children. So this is, really, you can break this up and be an organization on its own. So by now, basically... Where, where is the lab? Mm. Now it's in the city. Wow. So what do you do all day? You're, you're fundraising for all these? You're so this is a very, I can only tell you at night what I did during the daytime. I really don't know in the morning. I'm sitting with you now in the morning. I have no clue what's awaiting me for the day. I, I want to I go back to something we talked We've talked about this in public settings too, and you said interesting things on it. People know others in this situation, going through this in the site, and waiting for children, hoping for children. And I asked you then, do you think it's appropriate to go over to somebody and say, I'm not having a few, I'm thinking of you. You said yes. Yes. Others were surprised at that. Or it happens a lot of times in show people say, let's buy him uh, Kalanarum and some Kostaira. And other people say, no, I'll be embarrassed. That's different. Uh, he doesn't want to be that's the, that's That's a, a public. You're putting the person into a, in a public in a shoe, which I. There's, to go with private to tell the person, you know, I, I do. Of you? It, you should know, even if you feel that at the second others he was like saying. Others disagreed with you on this. 
Others said, no, no, don't say anything. You say, yeah, go over. Not only I say, I think... It's not only people with no children, people with any insight. No, I think it's wrong. Because you know what? For the first moment, it might be like a pushback. Five minutes later, I promise you, this person is going to feel so great that somebody has me in mind. I have a mimic. Whenever I meet somebody, and I'm involved with people with sick children, whatever, wherever I meet, I go over and give them a face, Shefer, I have you in mind. And I really do. But it gives so much... definitely brings a joy. Maybe it's not made for everybody. It could be. But I do it all the time. You know why? Because when I was, when I was bowling in my own pain, hardly ever anybody came over and told me that. But if there was a person told me that, you know, Shalem, we're friends, I have it. It meant the world to me. Even though I knew his thinking is not going to bring me my salute. But for a moment, I was not anymore that lonely for that second. Somebody else is mishtatif in my tzah. Whatever was worth it. No, I think I think we should do it, and I think it should be encouraged. But it depends who should does it. If Rosh, imagine a Rosh Hashiva in, in Koil goes over to a man that doesn't have children for a few years. It goes something just by going out to Shiva lunch says, you know, maybe we can do it. Do you know what a world this means to this this person? Say it. Absolutely. You you talked about your own pain. You wanted something from the Bereshit very badly. You didn't get it. And and you're able to not be bitter. You're able to go on and build. And, ha- and, and I must say that I must say that I did not just want it. I put so much koiches. The deals that I made with the Rebbeinu Shlom, I'm even embarrassed even to repeat it. But I was so desperate to have even one child. The things that I took upon myself. The answer was no. A lot of people deal with pain and they collapse. A few of them are able to be resilient enough to build. How? What's the answer? So the answer, really, a lot of it is the credit for my wife. I must go back to base one. She is a stronger person than I am. And she somehow had this whole parasha through in a more logic way. And she, her, but I'm like, her minute betochen was stronger than mine. Let's put it that way. She was able to see then in this pain that the Rebbein is behind. It's not happening on its own. There's a reason for it. I had a hard time recognizing it. I was, had a lot of anger in me. It was anger more that didn't let me. It took me time. How did I really make peace with this? When I was matzlich to do for other people, even the same issues that we struggled, we were not matzlich, and I was able to be matzlich almost literally every day with the same situation. That's when somehow there was an, like an enlightenment came into me. So it's not that you were the cause of it. Somehow the Rebbe has a plan he didn't want to give you. It's not because you couldn't, this person could, because you see that other people can't. And you're the shlich for them, so look at it very differently. So somehow, little by little, I'm getting like, the Rebbe actually took my case, he discussed it, and there was a back and forth, and the Rebbe said, no, I don't, because I think this is better for you, and I'll give you something else in life to do. And this mission is something which if you really think back, not because I'm so worthy of it, but the bottom line was, since, since day of creation of the world, there was never a plain commoner, I'm not... I'm not play play come either, and I was able to burst and change. And I know this is only Shatadishmai. I'm smart enough to understand every move that I was with Slir, Shem was with me. Never for a second that I think it's my smart, it's my because things can go both ways at the same moment, simultaneously, and yet it's not in your hands, Bakhlan. It's the Bunchlan. So that somehow this is to me is, is amazing. The the Gurasanafish and the courage of us to take it to help somebody with your very situation. To be helped when you were not helped, that to be able to do that is is gatlach. It's not. 
Yes, I would say, because my nature is very different than what I, I became. A tra I'm transformed. I'm not the same. Even my character has changed. And I guess the guilt driving me all the time, do this, do that, you can help this person, you can help that person. And I was involved in things that, if I look back, how in the world did you even get involved? How did you take it upon yourself? And I thought to myself, look, I did whatever the Baruch wanted me to do. I'm not the smartest person in the world. If Hashem sends them to me, I guess. And but say, evolving. You keep doing things as Always needed. something new. After COVID, I was very ill. I got out of COVID. I said, you, you were very ill, back I'm sure. And when I got out of COVID, I said, I'm not going to worry anymore about money. I'm leaving that up to you. But I do want to give my koiches now for everything that is new, that will, make, that will stay in Klaalisu, that will make a difference for people hundreds of years from now. It should be easier for a person that has these issues to be able to have a child. We did so much in cancer, the, how we preserve even for babies. This is, it's, it's too, this is not the same to go to tradition. But I'm going back to that one question. Why Bainalim is at the forefront from all the from many, many charities? Not Chasushum and everything is important. I, I don't think of myself as being the only one out there. It just so happens that so many people in Colorado need our services for their issues because we cover such a major and it's important to have it under one umbrella, I'm being honest with you, because we do have the right people for it. If I wouldn't have the right people dealing with each one on its own, I wouldn't say it should belong to them. Like I said, you attract the I don't know if you make them great or you attract no, them great, shot, but you shot, have very uh, special shot. people. I have these six shatron working. They're super shatron. I'm talking high caliber. Not a person that has some extra few minutes when the babies go to sleep, she'll make a few phone calls. People that sit on it the whole day. We even connect it now. It's a Sorrel Tower program because we want to share shidduch. Bonilum is, is across the world. You're across the world. We have in, in, in Europe, in the UK, we have four branches. We have in Antwerp, which services basically other parts of Europe. We have in Vienna and Austria. And then we have in Etzisol, Sainigdash is huge. One of our biggest branches in Etzisol, Bnei Brak and Shalim. Then we have in Montreal. Then we have the entire United States, from the West Coast down to the East Coast. Believe me, it's busy. There's not a moment in the day there's not something happening, which is life-altering for this person, for that person. It, it, it's non-stop. It's a big pleasure to sit with you always. Uh, you, you inspire me very much because you're, you're such a focused person. You don't even let yourself even do this often enough just to sit back and reflect. Like you said, maybe at night when you're falling asleep, you think about That's nice to give you the opportunity to realize what you're doing. But all again, we have to make this the point. It's all siyata dishmaya. The Rebbe is with me 24 hours a day. If not, I would not be here. I wouldn't be matzlich. So may it continue. I'm not, in, I'm, not in, oh my, I'm not even a believer anymore. I see it. I feel it. I can see sometimes. I take it on. What's the cheshman over here? The Rebbe is going to be here with me. So my, it's not anymore me. It's not, a, it's not about anymore, but about a person. It's this chesed. is the Rebbe a pet project. And he wants this thing to, to be matzlich and to continue. Thank you for coming and thank you for taking My the time. My pleasure. My pleasure.